0: So, again, I am Carrie Little, the host of Coffee with Carrie, brought to you here every Friday. And yes, next week I'm going to the earlier time. Hopefully, I don't have to take another class on a Friday. If you have the new real estate agent's journal, grab it, open it. We are jumping to section. You can see I've spilled coffee on it. Uh, there is no inbox in real estate. Page 60, get your pen out. Yes, I know, Central Realty. This is my quick coffee with Carrie because I have to be back in class. So there is no lunch. Maybe I'll get a smoothie from Mark because I can't pick up my laptop and my headphones, I have to run to heat up coffee. So here we go. All right, you're getting it lightning fast today. A quick coffee with Carrie. Oh, and go check out my updated blog smartgirlmedia.com, also Carrie little.com takes you to the same place, major update. Now this is going to tie into I've Got Houses for Sale, major launch coming for the replay, the on-demand course. So stay tuned. All right, so ask yourself this question. Are you actively working on your business or better yet, are you actively helping your clients. Now, some of you are dual career, really part-time, but some of you might be truly dual career. I've worked with some agents and they can do two deals a month, even though they're dual career. That was me back in 2001, but I had a little flexibility because I worked where no one else was in the office. Yes. In 2001, it was just me and I, you know, it was me church at the church. Nobody else was there. So I could answer my phone and I could sell real estate. So I was truly dual career. Now, I ask you this in my notes over there, because a lot of times as real estate agents, we were writing offers on deals and we're losing deals in this marketplace. And inventory is down. I think I just looked up um, almost, uh, I think almost 30% in the Chicagoland marketplace. I mean, the dip is huge. The dip is huge compared to last year. And so thus, we write an offer on a home. And then we might lose the offer for many reasons. Now, there's some true negotiating tac- tactics, and we can talk about those another day. But sometimes losing deals, not just because of negotiation, it's what we do as the buyer's agent. So, and it's how we spend our time. So yesterday, even all with the, or the new agents, so I had new agent training yesterday. And this is what I asked every real estate agent to do. I asked every real estate agent that was on the call to open up a Google calendar. You can create a new Google calendar. It could be on your Outlook calendar. It could be on your iPhone calendar, your Joy calendar, or old school notebook, or a sheet of paper. What I want you to do is take one week. One week. Why one week? Because I need you to look at Sunday through Saturday to figure out when you can actually focus on your clients, whether buyer or seller. But we are but we are truly, um, are we really available for our clients? So this is what your this is your homework. I want you to take out a calendar. I mean, just even if it's a sheet of paper, draw like seven rows um, or Google calendar. And I want you to plug in your dual career, if you have one. If you don't, I want you to plan out your day. I mean, literally plan out your day. Listen, ladies, if you go to the nail salon, my husband went and had a mani-pedi yesterday. Plug in if you go the same time every week. Now, that would be ideal, right? I want you to plug that in. If you go to church on Sunday, I want you to plug that in. If you have a coffee talk with family on Zoom, I want you to plug that in. Then I want you, so again, job, nails, barbershop, where are you going that's taking your time? Do you have to pick up kids from school if they're back in school? Do you have to cook dinner, right? Whatever it is. Do you have to, um, any appointments, doctor's appointments, et cetera, plug everything in. Because once you plug that in, and you might want to put in some vacation time or rest time, once you plug that in, and by the way, if any of you have questions, because I see you, Savvy Gabby, throw it in the Q&A. And I will, right, J-Man? And I'll, I'll make sure I don't forget that question because you know once this goes up. Um, yeah. For, so, what's your opinion of using dialers in this market to find for sale by owners? Now, that's a loaded question. Throw it in the QA. Click that question mark. Okay. So, once you know when you can work, you will now know if you can effectively help that buyer client or seller client. And you need to know if you need to hire someone else to do your marketing or if you need to team up with a full time real estate agent. Okay. And so I am Savvy Gabby. If you can't find that question mark, just remind me when I wrap up, because this is quick today. So uh, once you know when you can work, um, and I said, are you actively helping your buyer client before you can generate leads or a few things you must know? Can your buyer buy? Have you qualified the buyer? Now, I know Marky might be in her bio, gave a consultation form. I have a whole template coming, coming soon to you. Um, are, have you truly qualified your uh, client? Now, if you're out showing houses to clients and they're not pre-approved, shame on you. First of all, I'm not window shopping. I really never wanted to window shop with any client. Now, I will window shop for myself. Let's head over to Nordstrom Rack. We can shop all day long. No problem. DJ, Max, Ross, I'm good, but I am not putting someone back in the day, we said putting someone in my car, if they are not pre-approved. And let me say it like this. So do you have their pre-approval? Are they fully under, are they a cash buyer? And can they come to closing with additional funds? I mean, we have to change the conversation on how we talk to our clients. Kimberly, listen, right? Right wasting time and setting up failures. First of all, let me, I like, and Kimberly, let's, let's, let's say this. That's like going and standing in line at the Louis Vuitton store, wasting the time of the clerk, because you know, you can't buy. Now, first of all, I do agree. Sometimes we need to window shop to get our, you know, I'm going to go get this Louis but one day, and this is what I got to do to get it. I get it. Dream big, create the dream board. So I'm not saying that But I'm not putting you in my car for you to dream. I'm going to need, I'm going to give you my business card. I'm going to need you to go to some open houses and to go look at some new construction. So you can, you know, you know, believe it. Like I'm all for positive confessions. I'm all for believing it. That's how I bought my first house. I get it. Like if you don't put it in action, you know, a body in motion stays in motion. You have not because you asked not. Shall I preach to you today? So yeah, don't put folks in your car. So, and the reason why I say, can your clients come to closing with additional funds? Because in this marketplace, if you're writing offers on the active properties, and maybe on the properties that are in, in a private status, pre-hitting realtor.com, Trulia, Homesnap, et cetera, all of your companies that you work for as websites, because there's probably well over a thousand in addition to all of the websites we create that don't have syndication. You need to know this because if your clients don't have additional funds, they could be losing. So I'm gonna give you some strategies. Now, here's my number two. And then I have a whole new set of numbers. Number two, have you put your buyer in the strongest light to win? Have you? Do you know, again, if they have additional funds, but if, or let's say they're approved for 250,000 and you're looking for properties at 250,000, they need um, 3% towards closing costs, right? Cause that's about six grand although maybe about 5200 is good, but maybe it needs some extra for some prepaids. You know they need this, you're at the top of their price point and now they're going in after standing in a line of showings or an open house. Because in Illinois, only about four people can go in. I don't think that was lifted yet. Although it could have been since we're opening up everything here in Illinois. Except for Navy Pier, you gotta wear a mask. Um, so sometimes you need to re- have a really good conversation. This goes back to qualifying the buyer. So I know if you have to buy, if you your top of your price point is two hundred thousand, you don't have extra cash. You really need that six grand. Why are we looking at the top of their price point? Well, this is what I really want. Well, you know, and, and you know, you know what you're thinking in the back of your head. Do not do this. Do not say it out loud. But you know, you really want to say, look, it is not my fault that you didn't save your money. That you have all this awesome stuff and you have no money in the bank. And I had to help you figure out how to stay out of Starbucks. What is it? Ruth, Chris, R- Ruth, Chris. I had to show you how to stay out of some of these places so you can stop having that $500 bill on food. Yeah. Okay. My addiction is TJ Maxx. I get it. So you're thinking it, but you can't say it. You could think it. You can't say it. Um, and then are you writing offers to win? When you present um, that will win because you can't win if you have if you don't have leverage, you can't. I mean, I don't I mean. you Remember the movie National Treasure when the guy said it can't be done. Not that it just can't be done, although there's always a way. And I just sort of gave you some of that strategy. Stop searching at the highest price go a little bit lower so you can come up a little bit above asking price and still ask for the 6%. And the other thing some of you haven't done is you have not figured out how to explain FHA well. I am an expert on FHA. I can not only explain it, my first property was FHA, and I didn't know I could buy the house until I closed. So a lot of times people think FHA is, or it doesn't. Sometimes you need, in the letter, you might need to tell your story because we can't really write love letters, although I know some of you do. Don't tell me. I don't want to know about it. Um, sometimes you don't know how to say, listen, when I bought my first house back in 2001, I was an FHA buyer. And yes, I called my mother. I got about $4,000 towards down payment. And for about six months, I put up a thousand dollars to close on new construction. So if you don't really understand what FHA does, I couldn't buy outside of FHA because I was a first time home buyer. I had some student um, loan debt, but I was a great qualified buyer. Um, and I say that, but I don't tell the client story. So what, how, are you presenting your offers in the best light? And for those of you that are listing agents, stop that. Listen, and, and I'm gonna I'm gonna put this in my feed before the end of in my bio before the end of the day. I am going to give all of you for free, A, it might take me a few minutes to build it, a free side-by-side report. And you can change it based on your market. I'm gonna build it for Illinois, but you can fix it, to actually look at all of the offers as a listing agent. You know sometimes the best, best, best is not that offer. You got to look at all factors. And some of you need to write. Um, you, you, there are some you cannot, certain, we can talk about love letters another day on Clubhouse. I'll make Marky come over with me. Yeah. Can a client with a high student loan debt buy a house ever? Yes. Yes, you can. Talk to a loan officer. You got to go learn. And some of you need to have coffee with a loan officer on Zoom or actually, how about this? Instead of trying to take someone else's time for 30 minutes, why not interview a loan officer and ask them, can a client with high, high student loan debt buy a house ever? And you might have some questions and go live on Facebook or Instagram and interview them and you learn at the same time. That way you'll go live and it's not just you. Okay, so then here are my steps. because you know, I got to end soon early today because I got to go back to Maurice and Matt DeFanis' class. So here's what I'm going to tell you to do. I am not, I'm, I'm not giving you product, although I could. I might have a series coming up to do some free classes to teach some of you this stuff. All right. I almost want to read this. My buyer offers that I tell him have zero chance of winning. I've showed info, spark stats, comps, articles, personal stories, etc. Can't wait till my agreement with him is over. Yeah, sometimes you just got to let people go better yet mary how about you refer him to another agent and still get paid when they when 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 you know what goes up comes down with capitalism so when the market tanks and this person can buy and you are done still get that referral fee whatever that referral fee is right everybody's telling you that okay i i see you ebony so number one here we go get your notepad out because this is quick look for properties that didn't sell during the down market so in illinois for me or, um that was 2000 and 11 12 and 30 some of 14. so go look for those houses you can go straight to your mls for those you might want to check see if they've been relisted or if you find them i mean relisted and closed um if you find them you can set out a marketing piece and talk to your managing brokers and make sure your marketing piece says, if your home is listed, do not consider the solicitation. And you don't have to say, did your house not sell? So that's one thing you can do. And number two, so now you need to know your client's needs. So when you, when you know your buyer's needs, you can search for properties that were purchased well below um, the purchase price that it is today. So um, this doesn't mean that your buyer gets a deal. That's not what this means. It does mean that the potential seller can be more flexible and sell at market value before it hits the open marketplace. So for those of you that were lucky enough to be in the signature class on operation, I've got houses for sale. The strategy on this is I want you to go look for properties that are not listed and then find them and mail everywhere your buyer wants to live and say, I have an underwritten client. First of all, some of you need to talk to your loan officers to figure out how you can get your buyer fully underwritten. If you don't know what that means, here's the crash course. That means your buyer has turned in all of their paperwork, right, and we're on page 60 of the new Real Estate Agents Journal. They've turned in all of their paperwork and an underwriter has physically looked at all of their documents and they have a conditional approval. The conditional approval means a few things. The buyer needs a house. The buyer needs probably an inspection, assuming you didn't waive it, and the buyer needs an appraisal. You can never waive the appraisal. You can't. And maybe a few other things like the buyer might need to update W-2s, and maybe if they file their new taxes, so but you can close a lot faster. So it's almost like cash. And when you write your letters, you need to say that in the letter. When you call the listing agent, so if Kimberly was the listing agent. Hey Kimberly, I just called you. I know you're inundated with phone calls, but this is Carrie, you know me, I'm reminding you. This goes back to relationships. But anyway, you know who this is. I just want to remind you that um, I did write an offer. It's in your email. If you have any questions, feel free to call, text, or email because I know you're really busy. But I also want to tell you that my buyer is fully underwritten. Yes, we did ask for $1,000 towards closing costs. We did. But fully underwritten means not only can we be flexible with your seller to help them find a house, but all we needed was the house and appraisal and inspection and a few other things. So there you go. Now, number four, you're going to search for a house and use direct mail to get the seller to reach out to you and potentially sell a house to your client. So let me give you an example before I end. I was teaching a class on Remind, real estate data mining. You can also now use realist. I hear CoreLogic made an update with predictive analytics. There's some other predictive analytics tools. I I heard Cobal Banker might have a new one. I heard, I'm just saying, whatever predictive analytics tool you're going to use, or you can go to Realtor's property resource, or you can go look in the MLS. But here's what I want you to do. So I had someone in a class say, Carrie, I have a buyer. And I said, give me a scenario where you can't find a house and I'm going to make up the story, but this was a true scenario. I have a buyer that wants to live within a half a mile of downtown LaGrange. The buyer wants three bedrooms, at least two bathrooms. We can't find it. The buyer is only approved for 350. Houses were selling maybe a little more for 350, you know, a little more than 350, but this is where the buyer wanted to meet. So here we go. So now, what I, my strategy was Go look within 0.5 miles of downtown Grange in your tax system. Look for every house that is paid off. Also look for the purchase price when they bought it. I'm telling you stuff that people don't teach you. We pay for all of these trainings, but no one tells you. They tell you what and why, but they don't really give you all of the details. I'm giving you the what and why, and I'm not necessarily showing you the how, But I'm telling you, if you learn how to master the tools that you get from your MLS, there is absolutely no reason why you can't find a buyer for your property. So in closing, and I'm going to answer a few questions and then we'll end. I want you to make sure you qualify your clients. The next thing I want you to do is look for properties that didn't sell during the down portion of the market. This will be different in every neighborhood, every city, every county, every state. Go do your research. I use InfoSparks. You can use MarketView. You could simply use your multiple listing service. You need to know your client's needs. So then you know what to search for. Um, And then when you look for the properties, number three, based on my current scenario, you can find a house where the seller might be a bit more flexible. Why? Because maybe they don't want that long line from the neighbor's house they just saw down the street. They probably were like, what is this neighbor selling? No sign in the yard because the listed sign never got up because things were moving too fast. And they were like, people are lined up. Are they selling? What are they selling? You can avoid those lines. Sell the property before it hits the marketplace. So this is what I'm going to do for you. In my link tree, let's say I'll, put, I'll post in my story when it's there. So keep watching my story. I'll post when it's there. I will give you a Google spreadsheet on a side-by-side report as the listing agent to help you figure out who the best buyer is because highest doesn't mean best. We want the best, best. So, and this is recorded. So as soon as I end, I will post it to IGTV. All right, so question mark. What's your opinion on using dialers to find for sale by owners for your buyers? I say use um, but just know if you're hiring someone that someone probably needs to be in your same office and can it cannot be someone that is not licensed, not even from another country, it is a violation of license law in the state of Illinois. So, and I know you work in Illinois. Here, let me post that question so you can see it. So I would say, um, and some for sale by owners are listed with companies that are real estate firms. So my recommendation would be to, in, in your market, use Remind to go find the houses that could be a great fit for your client. I don't need to list it. I just need to close the deal. Yes, I, 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 let me tell you, this works. I was talking to a new real estate agent that was frustrated um, because she had gone into two appointments and then when she got there, she didn't get the deal. And it wasn't that she couldn't get the deal. She didn't know how to close. Been in the business about three months. Had an, let me see how I can say this. I had an interview with a high-end property, but just didn't know what to say. So go back to, I don't know if it was last week or the week before. Yeah, the last two IGTV videos. And I tell you how to win the deal when you get to the house. Everything you need to do when you get to the house. How to find a... um, I'm going with for sale by owners is what you're, you're asking me, uh, Kathy. Uh, for sale by owners are a little different because if you go to for sale by or by a lot of times those companies are owned by a real estate firm. All right, everyone. So thank you for joining me for a quick coffee with Carrie. If you are listening to me on my podcast, join me on at Carrie Jo Little. Keep watching this week. Marky and I are going to go live a few times on Clubhouse. The link will be in my bio. And on Monday, I'm going live on Clubhouse. I think that link, I don't know if it'll be there, if it's there yet, but so this Monday, 1 p.m., I will be live on Amazon. So thanks for joining me for Coffee with Carrie.